Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And pastor of that church. Uh, we're very excited to see just the maturing of the church, even since I was last uh, with you here. Uh, God has done a lot to mature our church, uh, to involve them in regular ministry. You'll hear about some of that in the presentation, and I'll tell you about more of that. Uh, but then also, just developing leadership uh, it's easier for us to be back, even though we're on a briefer furlough than we've been in the past. It's easier just because of how God has matured our church. Even since we've been back, we've seen them caring for one another as a functioning uh, body of Christ there. Uh, one of our, our men just uh, lost his wife, and it's just a, a blessing to see all the texts. You know, I get to see that um, going back and forth and all of the care uh, taking place within the church family there. But I'm also excited that both of our—we have two deacons in the church, and both of them—actually, uh, you're the first church that I can say both of them since God's called to preach— uh, I just, uh, I, I'd known that uh, Seasway, our deacon, has for a while, uh, since God's call to preach on his life, our other deacon, I would have up until my old Baptist church, I, I have been saying he's just uh, studying to better serve the Lord in whatever capacity that God opens up for him. He teaches our men's Bible study often. Uh, both of these men fill in sometimes preaching uh, when I'm away. I praise God uh, for that. But just last week, I heard from Cedric that he also uh, is not just training for serving the Lord in whatever capacity, but senses God's uh, call in his life to preach uh, the gospel. So that's been exciting even in, uh, more recently there. But uh, I praise God for what he's doing through, through their families um, as well. And outreach from our church ministry takes place in a suburb called Gugaletu. And that's where Seasway and his wife, Busi, grew up. And uh, we work with them every Sunday afternoon, uh, trying to see the beginnings of a church plant. We, uh, many, most Saturdays, Seasway and I are evangelizing in uh, Gugaletu. Uh, but then on Sunday afternoons, we will have uh, uh, an evangelistic Bible study. Uh, we'll have children's ministry going on. Uh, we've seen a lot of people come and go through there. It's really had a more of a feel, maybe of a rescue mission uh, ministry up to this point, as well as a children's ministry. Uh, we've seen the Lord do some wonderful things, uh, but we're still looking for that core faithful group of adults where we can kind of start viewing it as a church plant. So appreciate your prayers for Gugaletu as we're there, again, Saturdays, but also Sunday afternoons. And it's been wonderful to see in recent, uh, just these recent years, our roles change. Seasway was really uh, assisting me to have the opportunity to preach and to minister there, minister the gospel in Gugaletu. 
and Katie uh, has, since uh, Boosie came to know the Lord, uh, Katie took her through discipleship, a lesson, and trained her in children's ministry. And, but it's been wonderful to see our roles changed. Now we are in the supportive role, and Seasway's the one that preaches every Sunday afternoon. Uh, he likes for me to be involved, so I've been giving about a 10-minute uh, Bible study on addictions, because that's a huge need in the community that we're in there. Uh, but then it's, I, I love hearing him in uh, Tosa, in the language there, preach, uh, preach the Word of God. And I've really seen his gifting develop in these last few years there. So I'm excited that both of our deacons are uh, training for ministry. Uh, I have been involved this past year in some more formal Bible training and look forward to uh, kind of overseeing. We're getting, getting help with that, but I'm just overseeing it and excited for what God's going to do in their lives and uh, through their family as well. Let me mention another couple uh, you'll hear from Cedric, you'll hear from Seasway and Boosie in our presentation, but another couple in our church are Chris and Crystal, and the Lord's done some wonderful things through that couple. A couple years ago, they very burdened for the community that they live in. Again, it's about a half-hour drive from our church, but they started a Tuesday night Bible study in their home because they had the opportunity to invite some young adults. Most are in their 20s. There's a couple teenagers. But sometimes there's 10, sometimes 12 young adults coming to Chris and Crystal's home. And they've had a Bible study there where they've seen a number of these young adults come to Christ. Uh, They have then had ongoing discipleship. And it's been wonderful to watch their heart for their community. I love when we have testimonies at church and ask Chris, so give us an update. How can we be praying for the Bible study in your home there? And I don't think he's ever gotten through a testimony with dry eyes just because he and his wife have such a heart, you know, for uh, the community where they live. And uh, we're going to try to figure out some transport issues that hopefully some of those young people we can actually see uh, on Sundays. We don't usually see them, but we do view that as an extension uh, of our church ministry there. And so God is, is working. There's others I could tell you about as well that uh, have regular outreach and, and ministry, uh, not just that we organize from the church, but I'm talking about things that God has developed in their life. Uh, But please be in prayer for uh, all these different aspects of ministry there. You might have noticed in the news that uh, South Africa, actually not much is, is said, but you might have picked up a little bit. I've been more and more getting questions as we travel about how are things in South Africa. We've heard some concerns and all of that. And uh, there, there have been some real uh, concerns, especially with farmers in South Africa. Um, there have been lives lost. Uh, there are, there's a lot of politics involved, but there's concern that what happened in Zimbabwe with uh, farmers being fair game of people to go and murder the farmers and take over their property We're seeing a little bit of that in South Africa, and we wish that the rhetoric was more 
discouraging, but not all the rhetoric's been discouraging that you hear. Um, And so we have a family that are friends of ours uh, that we've gotten to know through our daughter's uh, music in the Cape Town area. They live on a farm a couple hours away uh, from us. Uh, Actually, a few uh, years ago, my uh, maybe not that long ago, uh, my wife and daughters were able to travel up and share the gospel with this family, especially with the daughters, uh, because the family was interested. And they, they actually asked us, can, can, you, uh, can you help them be baptized? And so, well, let us, you know, let us come talk to you about that. And uh, one of the daughters, again, they're our girls' ages, uh, one of the daughters believed that she had already trusted Christ as Savior, uh, but the other one uh, believed that she needed to do that. And so she trusted Christ as Savior. Um, Katie and our girls have had opportunity to help them with uh, discipleship. Uh, and growing, watching them grow in the Lord. And uh, recently we were able to see those two daughters, uh, those two girls baptized. And so that was a uh, blessing as well. They don't live close to a church, so we're kind of like their church at a distance there. But they realize that they own a farm. They live on a farm. And so uh, we would if, appreciate your prayers for the Olafir family. They invited, uh, we were talking with them, had them in our home, um, and found out that they had a, a real heart for their farm workers, who were largely from Zimbabwe. And so uh, they mentioned how they, they wish that we'd have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Uh, so we said, we'd be glad to, we'd love to. And so this past January, I took both of our deacons uh, we each took a son and uh, went up and kind of camped out, spent the night there, and were able to share the gospel with a number of uh, dear uh, Zimbabwean folks. One of the men, we believe, trusted Christ as Savior. Um, he and one other man who claims to be a, a believer, I'm possible, it's a little hard to, for me to get a sense there, but they both came back the next morning. We'd already spent about three hours together the night before. I think the next morning we spent another three hours with them. Uh, and it was after that that uh, Brother Seasway actually had a one-on-one opportunity and uh, talked to this man about his soul, and I believe he trusted Christ as Savior. So before coming back on this furlough, my wife and I just a few months ago drove up, again, a couple hours uh, drive up there, uh, spent the night, and I was able to spend a number of hours with these two men again, uh, just really talking about a lot of issues, a lot of traditional beliefs, trying to take the Bible and really helping them with the beginning of their walk with the Lord. So uh, we're excited about what God is doing there and further opportunities, uh, but we are, we are uh, concerned that way. I'm so thankful for our church folks. I think of Seasway and Boosie. And this past year, there's been other issues that there's been riots for, and there's been certain times when it would quite honestly be very dangerous for myself or one of my family to be in the community where we go Sunday afternoons and where I'm usually on Saturdays. But Seasway and Boosie will tell me, uh, I, this is not the Sunday, you know, for you to come through. Uh, they'll say, you know, we'll take care of the ministry and uh, see you next week there. And I really appreciate their heart 
and uh, keeping a sense on what's going on and when it's just very, really, certain times it would be reckless for us to, uh, to go, but we're so thankful that they will. But the ministry is always going to go forward because they're there. And it's a wonderful blessing to see our church just growing. Uh, the Lord's done some wonderful things with our ladies through Katie's had a How to Study the Bible, a Bible study that our ladies have gotten very excited about. And uh, they have a Sunday morning ladies' Bible study. But then once a month, they're meeting as well for ladies' Bible study with how to study the Bible. And the men are going out door-to-door during that time in our church community. There's other things that uh, you will see in the presentation that will maybe fill in a little bit of gaps from what I've told you now. Uh, If there's something that you have a question about, please catch me afterwards or Katie or one of my children. Uh, We'd be glad to fill in more Uh, of what I may be just touching on briefly uh, in this overview here. Let me, at this time, let you see a little bit of life and ministry in Cape Town, South Africa. South Africa, the bottom of the African continent, and yet in many ways the central hub. People flow to the Rainbow Nation from all over Africa. This coming January will mark 20 years of ministry in South Africa by the Graham family. The first six years were spent in Johannesburg, serving in the Calvary Baptist Church of Sunny Ridge and planting the Ellens Fontaine Baptist Church. Since 2006, they have served in Cape Town, the second largest urban area with three and a half million people. Recently, Eric and Katie, Lydia and Benjamin visited a key monument from South Africa's missions history, the mission station in Kuruman, where Robert and Mary Moffat and other servants of the Lord labored at evangelism and church planting. The testimony of Mary Moffat emphasizes how vital prayer support is to the missionary. Her faith uplifted the mission team during dark days that severely tested the pioneer missionaries, as she would claim, We may not live to see it, but the awakening will come as surely as the sun will rise tomorrow. When they did see the triumph of the gospel in lives and the birth of a Tswana-speaking church, she wrote to her father, We do ardently hope and pray that what has taken place may be but the few drops before the plenteous shower. Oh, for a more general spirit of prayer and supplication, I hear that the very time of the awakening here was the season of extraordinary prayer among the churches at home in England. The Graham family credits much of what God is doing in the ministries in which they serve to your prayers. Their first focus is Calvary Bible Baptist Church in North Pine as they endeavor to encourage its maturity while preparing for a South African pastor. Their involvement in ministry includes pulpit ministry, multi-church retreats, youth camp, Bible Institute classes, outreach, music, Katie's ministry to ladies, ministry trips, personal discipleship, and church fellowships. Members from the church family will express some of the ways God is using them. Hi, my name is Cedric Balahi. The heart of our church being sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, going out in our community and uh, handing out tracts speaking to people about Jesus has just 
given us that um, desire even wherever we go, even as a family, as we visited um, various places on our holiday. You know, we were in the area of Ashbury, um, which is more inland in the Western Cape. And while in the community, we came across lots of the community members, not even nine o'clock yet, drinking um, alcohol, you know, not just one beer, but cases of beer, and it really saddened our heart, and it just made us understand that these people need Jesus. So we've handed out quite a number of tracks, a couple of hundred, and our desire is to continue to do that whenever we go down to Montague, and to share the good news and hand out tracks, and uh, trust the Lord to save these people, because they need Jesus. My name is Israel with my wife Lucy. We are grateful that the Lord delivered us from the power of sin and darkness. And we are now members of Calvary Bible Baptist in North Pine. We thankful that we, my wife and I, are used by the Lord uh, in opportunities and outreach of the church. We have been able to preach to and uh, share the gospel with many, uh, from adults to teenagers and Sunday school kids. Most Sundays afternoon. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Rosie. I um, just want to first um, thank the Lord for the work that He's doing in our lives. And I think now we don't see people, but we see lost souls. And that is coming from the teachings that we get every Sunday from our church that um, we need to have a heart that Jesus had for souls. Last December, the church invited sister churches to join them in an evangelistic Christmas cantata. Over 3,000 invitations were delivered, and during the three nights in different communities, scores of visitors attended. Not only did many hear the gospel, but the members of various churches participating expressed their delight in ministering the gospel together. This past term has opened doors of ministry beyond South Africa. Eric, two deacons, Cedric and Zizwe, and Steve Anderson traveled to Zimbabwe to encourage a church planter that their church in North Pine supports monthly. Eric and Katie also traveled to Kenya so that Eric could teach a course in the International Baptist College of Ministry and Katie could minister to the ladies. The Grams are eager to soon return to the harvest fields in the suburbs of Cape Town, anticipating what God will do in answer to your prayers. Let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. My family was returning just two months ago to the U.S., and we were able to do what we've wanted to do for a number of years, but it's been a long time since we were able to actually have a layover, a more extended layover in between flights. But we were able to spend some days in London and really have a like a, a huge... Um, homeschool field trip uh, extraordinaire, and we had a wonderful time. We were able to chase down a lot of uh, church history, a lot of things that we as a family were excited uh, about there. But as we were able to go on a bus uh, outing, 
one day. I ended up having a couple hours on the road there and uh, on that bus where I was able to talk to our tour guide. And I still remember Richard saying, you know, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I'm agnostic. I don't really claim any religion. And he brought up some thoughts about religion. Isn't religion responsible for, you know, the wars in the world and some different things? But uh, he, he just didn't connect with uh, the truth of the gospel. I had a wonderful time to talk with him. He accepted a more lengthy gospel track that I wrote for using in Cape Town there, and so I continue to pray for Richard there. But then we came back to the States, and we were only back about a day, and I needed to collect a minivan in Minot, North Dakota. I didn't know there was such a place, but I got on board a train in eastern Michigan, And 26 hours later, I got off the second train that I was on in Minot. But in Chicago, I changed trains. And I still remember talking with a man uh, there. And uh, he right away was kind of sarcastic and uh, very clearly uh, just the the gospel didn't make any sense to him. And uh, I remember... Him saying, you know, if if it's uh, if religion makes life better for you now, you know, I, I'm all for it. I'm not against it, but uh, he just he wouldn't accept the gospel track or or anything. The Lord still gave me some a brief, but I think important time to share some ideas from the Word of God with him, even in that type of more hostile uh, conversation there. And then I remember driving back to Michigan, spending the night in the Upper Peninsula, and at that hotel, uh, getting into a conversation with the man at the desk. It seemed like there was almost no one there in the hotel, so we had a nice, quiet time to talk about the gospel. Uh, he is familiar with Christianity, grew up in, in India, I believe he's Hindu, um, and basically said, you know, if... If the gospel helps life go nicely for you now, I'm all for it, but kind of like anything's fine, whatever you want to believe. And I was reminded that the lost world don't understand the gospel. It doesn't make sense to them because their perspective is warped. Uh, the, The devil has people entrapped in darkness, and they need the light of the gospel to shine. In their heart. You know, in South Africa, there are a number of wrong ideas that make people generally, they don't understand the gospel. Gospel, it doesn't make sense to them. Most South Africans will tell you that they're Christians. But in that community of Gugaletu that I was telling you about, you have to do a lot of door knocking before you find someone that seems to understand anything much about the gospel. But you know, in Colossians chapter 1, Paul is writing this letter to a church and to believers in an area where people tended to be very confused. There were false religions, there were false ideas around that tended to get mixed up with Christianity. And in this letter, Paul is preaching the true gospel to them. And he's pointing out, he's really warning them 
against such things as the worship of angels and the worship of, you know, other things that were getting mixed in. And he's challenging them about the true gospel. You know, I noticed, I thought it was really interesting when I think about the wrong ideas in Africa, how one of those is that the, the, uh, that religion has to do, their traditional religion is focused on right now, not on after this life, but on, again, keeping things going well for you right now. And yet, when we see Paul, you know, sending this wonderful letter, packed letter, if I can just pull a few phrases out, we see in chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Again, that word hope. Again, not like we use today, oh, I hope so. But that confidence in what's going to happen after this life because God has said so. And that life's not about being comfortable right now. It's not about material prosperity right now. It's about living for eternity. And that word hope captures that matter. But the heart of the gospel that's a a message of hope is Jesus Christ. And that's why in verse 27, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That hope comes because of Jesus Christ. Well, in the traditional thinking that we deal with, the idea of wisdom really is keep the ancestors happy. Okay, do what you need to do so that the ancestors don't make life difficult on you. So that's, there are certain rituals, there are certain things that are involved with that. And yet here in Colossians, we see it talking in verse 9. If I can jump to the end of the verse. That ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. True wisdom is based on the truth of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is Jesus Christ. And in chapter 2, verse 3, we see in whom? That's in Jesus Christ. Are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus Christ is what is who they need. There's a matter of power. See, it's uh, traditional thinking is very fearful. They believe they're spirits that control their lives. And so they look for ways to control the unseen world. Even if, if, if they get sick, they might ask, you know, if their question to you might be, well, why did I get sick? And maybe you know that they have malaria. And you would say, well, a mosquito bit you, you got malaria. You didn't answer their question. The real question for them is, from the world of spirits, what sent the mosquito? See, they're they're very fearful, and it's connected with the spirit world. And yet, we see in Colossians 1 and verse 11, strengthen with all might. See, the gospel is the power of God into salvation. But we see here, it's also the power in the the life of the believer, to make us more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look what, what this power does in our life. Verse 11, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience 
and long-suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks. We could go right on. What's it talking about? God's power in our lives to make us more like Jesus Christ as a believer. And yet, again, Jesus is at the heart of that. You know, they're looking for security. Again, it's a very fearful thing, the traditional beliefs. And yet we see the security for the believer. Would you look in verse 13? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Dear believer, oh, what security we have in Jesus Christ. To be part of his kingdom. To be safe in Jesus Christ. Finally, they believe in God, uh, in God who created the world. They believe in spirits, and they believe, some of them believe in gods, but they do believe there was a creator God, a supreme God. That's the general belief. But they believe he was distant and not really involved. And yet we know that God is a God of love. He didn't create and then leave things to just continue. And so we're there to present to them that the gospel is about Christ in you. He's not distant. God became man. And the person of, we call him Jesus Christ. God in you, or, or Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can I challenge you tonight with the thought, the heart of the gospel is Jesus Christ. And just like our church in Cape Town, Oh, that people will not just hear that from us. But when they see that our life is different because it's about Jesus Christ. Our life's about, not about comfort right now. It's about what's coming. It's about getting ready for eternity. It's about winning people to the Lord. When they see that security that we have in him. I think, the, I think one of the greatest testimonies to the reality of the gospel is when God lets us go through deep suffering, and yet we go through that knowing that Christ in me, the hope of glory, we have that joy and peace in the midst of tears and suffering that the world doesn't understand. Oh, that we will live out, that we will adorn the gospel. We need to tell people about it, but that they will see in our lives that it's about Jesus Christ. That will be the convincing aspect of the reality. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.